just going to listen to this for a second, family. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what's the name of this? Anthem. Mm-hmm. Levy Hill. All right. That's, that's nice. That's nice. All right. Asalaamu Alaikum. Welcome back. Had a little little interlude extended in interlude. Uh, you are listening to Radio Islam. It is Friday night. And though we don't have, well, I shouldn't say that we don't have an artist. We don't have a guest artist uh, in studio for the Friday Night Artist Profile. But we have been talking about some art, uh, some artists that have been inspiring. Uh, and so we did a little piece on Native Dean. But now we're going to transition. We're going to transition a little bit. And I'm, I'm going to say how we're going to transition. Uh, so I mentioned that I'm a, I'm, I'm a spoken word artist, right? I, I, I write, matter of fact, I have a book that will be out, inshallah, with God's permission at the end of the year. And it is steadily creeping up on me. So I got deadlines that I have to, have to meet. But I figure why not? Why not share some of my own work? Right, so I had to find something that was actually that was radio uh, that was radio friendly, <laughs> and not that I use uh, not that I use profanity uh, in in my pieces, but uh, there are certain words that you know you can't use on radio, uh, and I use those as descriptors, you know, of uh, social conditions. So, you know, it's poetry uh, has served as a you know, as a conduit for me to, uh, you know, like like every other artist, to to give my, you know, my commentary, you know, to give my, to give back what I feel I've received. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna share a piece in this piece. Uh, where are we at? Right here. Okay, here we go. I almost need some music. I wish I had like a little, little, little background music to go with it, but we're gonna go without it. So, <clears throat> all right. So this is a loosely titled "Enemy of the State." When we sing pain, we birth songs that make listeners think we dismiss the sun and ask for the rain. Hard raindrops falling on have-nots who dare not complain. Careful footsteps over treacherous terrain swallowing legs whole, watching men eaten by the earth again and again. Give us table scraps and the useless parts to eat and we feast. Hunger is a spice that makes the inedible appealing to eat. We've never wanted for imagination and creativity. Trial and tribulation have been met with jazz-like dexterity. We improvise, bend and blend, start on the offbeat and turn it into the main beat. Even when stripped down to our bare nakedness, we knew that the leaves could cover us the same way they covered the shady spaces beneath the trees. We breathed in the negative exhalations of generations towards us and breathed out a gospel that could only be sung. A gospel that breathed life into lifeless beings that saw us as things. We remediated. We corrected. We held on to our souls and we fed them even as our bodies were neglected. 
We breathed out a gospel that could not be pushed back down the throats, even as those throats stretched from crudely fashioned nooses. We breathed out a gospel that said, blessed and highly favored, even while riding in the backs of cabooses. You can't have heaven while trying to keep your brother in hell. You can't walk with your foot on a man's neck. The ground beneath him becomes your cell. We sang gospels for telling a life to come without chains, a life without the stains of hatred, without the foul odor of shame. Our song became America's song and everybody sings along. All are welcome and none are left alone. We sang gospels for telling a life to come without chains, a life without the stains of hatred, without the foul odor of shame. Your survival, my survival, they are one in the same. That's that. So, uh, there, there should be some raucous, no, I'll say raucous applause, but, applause, but no, no, no. Um, yeah, so the book will be out. Uh, the book, uh, it is, the, the working title is uh, I'm Just a Hugh Man, you know, a play on human. So, Ibrahim, you, you, you got something? Yes, mashallah, jazakallah khair. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah, cool. I'm going to have to step in here. And play the host for a second while I interview our <laughs> while our host turns into kind of a guest or yeah. interviewee, I should say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I want to ask first of all, how does your Muslim identity contribute to your desire or your kind of passion to uh, artistically express yourself? That is a that is a great question. Um, I see, I, I see everything as Muslim. In a sense that you know that Allah has created us with dignity uh, and purpose, mm-hmm. and I feel that the African American experience, in particular, um, not that it is uh, that it is an exclusive example of oppression, but from my own experience, uh, that it, it shows a denial of that Muslim identity of human dignity. So even though, um, like what I may write. It comes out, I'm, I'm using the, the symbols uh, historically of African-American oppression. The hope is that it really, uh, that it resonates with that, that human, that aspect of all of us that, 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 wants, uh, that wants freedom, that wants respect, that wants dignity. Yeah. So you're saying um, basically the black experience in the United States has been one of experiencing someone's oppression. You're speaking out against that and fighting against that because you're a Muslim, because you believe Allah and His Messenger tell you to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, I think that's a very important point. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, um, and I think that expression, uh, okay, so this kind of leads me into the idea of, we talk about civil rights, um, that in a, in a sense we kind of miss the mark. The black experience is known in America culminating sort of in, you know, in the civil rights movement uh, and now sort of being redefined with the, the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. But we've missed the mark because these are really human, these are human conditions. This is a human struggle. It's not a black struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it being presented in that way um, is really to the detriment of us as, as a whole. You know how the Prophet, you know, he said, you know, when 
um, I'm paraphrasing that when the believer uh, is in distress, one part, it's like one part of the body is, is uncomfortable. The, the whole body uh, aches. But that's not how we respond as a society or as a human family. We don't respond to each other's pain in that regard. We section it off so we have civil rights instead of looking at it as a human rights issue. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, another thing that I noticed in that piece was you spoke, speaking of pain, you speak how this pain that was experienced by the black community here in America um, kind of birthed these art forms, which were then became, which were so powerful and so vivid that they were then taken up by the masses. Um, now, a controversial question, which I'm sure you've heard before. Are these art forms, um, the most recent of which I guess would be hip-hop music, are these exclusively uh, black art forms inside which other people are kind of to be treated as guests and then exclusively belongs to one community? Or is it something that once it's out there, it belongs to everyone? That is a, that is a good, good question. Um, and my... My soul says to me that art, once you give it to the world, mm-hmm. that is no longer yours anymore. Yeah, um, that's interesting. The, now, even as I say that, because we're in a capitalist uh, society where creativity is monetized, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and ex- it's exported, and uh, black people in, in general have been kind of the, the cultural engine of the United States and to a large degree, you know, the rest of the world, that creativity has, has spread out because it's been, it's been marketed, it's been turned into a commodity. Um, and I know there are some who will, who will disagree because, you know, like you have conversations about artists like Eminem where people feel like only, it's only because he's a white rapper does he get the attention that he gets. Mm-hmm. But in truth, Eminem is a skilled lyricist. I mean, he's, highly skilled and uh, the fact that he that he is that he is white yeah i mean within the context that, that we're in yes he's definitely going to be noticed i think but it takes nothing away from who we you know who he is i think he's probably a top top 15 you know uh, uh, uh lyricist but um but when it comes to hip-hop in general there is an idea of stewardship Right, no one has. Who has really taken on stewardship of hip hop to to see that it serves at least some of the purpose that it initially was birthed into, uh, and that was a commentary on uh, the social conditions. It was a commentary on uh, inequality, on struggle, and and it was also party music too. I mean, that was a part of it as well. Right, but where it's gone today. Uh, the voices that gave uh, that gave some perspective to uh, to social commentary that wasn't about you know trapping that wasn't about teaching people how to sell drugs or glorifying prison culture or glorifying misogyny or any of those things you know those voices have been muted uh, very much so at least on a you know as far as like corporate radio goes you think that comes with the commercialization of the art form? I think it's a marketing issue, right? Every, you know, things, if, if, anything, if anything has value, 
uh, then it's going to be it's going to be promoted. Uh, but there's also the the idea that markets are created. Mm-hmm. You know, people are if they if you see enough commercials telling you that you need to have this particular type of pants because it represents a social uh, status or an advantage or whatever, eventually you're going to have some people who are not necessarily secure enough in themselves. They're going to feel like I got to have those pants. I think music uh, and other art forms are very much the same way where they've promoted it in a way where um, it, it has created its own, its own audience. So when I say marketing, uh, and that's the beautiful thing about the Internet now, is that it really has democratized the, the, the sharing of information. So you can have independent artists. If they can market properly, then they can get their, uh, they can get their message out. But I think as consumers of music, we have to we have to establish that there is a need for music that is i mean not not just you know with, with a nice beat right mm-hmm. type production but it's also uh value affirming that is culturally affirming that is that pushes us to you know uh to strive for our best as opposed to encouraging us towards you know the 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 baser elements uh, you know of of ourselves yeah um Dwelling on the topic of hip hop for a moment. Yeah, yeah. How do you think? What is the best way for us, as a nation, to get back to those days of, I would say, maybe the late '80s and early '90s, mm-hmm. when I, I think, I guess, the socially conscious, social political uh, movement within hip hop was the strongest. There's one line in in the, the poem that you read that reminded me of. Like an old uh, BDP song, a KRS-One. <laughs> okay. It says, uh, they create missiles, my family's eating gristle. Yeah. Then they get upset when the, pl- when the press blows the whistle. Right? Yeah. The old song. It's flashback <laughs> <laughs> to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm giving away my age there. <laughs> kind of. Um, is there a way to... Now, that kind of faded away as time went along. That socially conscious movement as far as being the most popular which was at the forefront of the popular music yeah. that kind of faded to the background a little bit it's still there, it never went away I should say no. but it's in the background mm-hmm. um, what can we as uh, listeners of music I'm not exactly a listener of music actually mm-hmm. anymore yeah. um, but as people who want to see that socially conscious movement within art Right or uh, in within hip hop music, and sp- uh, specifically, how what can we do to bring that back to the forefront? Well, I like the fact that you said that it hasn't it hasn't disappeared, you know, because it hasn't. It's, it's yeah. still there. But I think it's like if you walk into a store and you ask for a, a paint store, I'm here for some blue paint, and they say I don't have any blue paint. Okay, and you leave, and you come back the next day. I'm here for some blue paint. And they say, I don't have any blue paint. Somebody mm-hmm. else comes in, same thing, same thing. Eventually, that store is going to get, they're going to realize, well, we are missing out because we got people that are looking for a product that we are not supplying, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it speaks to if we're not demanding, you get what you ask for, right? And you also get what you, what you accept. So, you know, it's, it's a twofold thing. Um, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not nostalgic in the sense that, because just like, you know, I remember listening to, uh, you know, like uh, Public Enemy or uh, X-Clan or, you know, um, uh, 
you know, Eric, Eric B. and, you know, Rakim, there were also, you know, who sneaked in at that time was, you know, NWA, you know, came in. Cats like, you know, Schooly D and, you know, and many other people that were not talking about, it was not socially conscious. It was more about, you know, get your money. You know, it was the party life. And so, I mean, so I'm not nostalgic to the, uh, to the point where I don't rec- I don't realize that we had the same things, you know, going then. Uh, but there was not as much. There was not as much attention, right? There was, you know, the spotlight was kind of shared at that point. But now, you know, it's that that spotlight is, is is shining bright on the other side. So I think, you know, as for people who who do listen uh, to the music. Uh, I think we have a responsibility to realize that number one, music is not it's not a benign thing. It's not uh it's not passive. You know, right. it actually has an impact on you. Yeah, definitely. Um so realizing that if it has an impact on you, uh for for real slam family, those of you who are adults that are listening, then we realize it also has an impact on our children. And kids are listening to stuff whether, you know, whether you want to admit it or not uh if they're not in your uh, under your you know eye every hour of the day then you don't know what they're listening to so short answer uh, to my long uh response is we have to create a demand mm-hmm. uh, and if we created the man then the demand will be it will be answered you know yeah um and then stop supporting some of the stuff that's just way out there you know, some way out stuff out there now. Yeah. Now, um, if we look at poetry or art in general or music, mm-hmm. there are some forms of art that can be very socially in- inspiring and uplifting to the society yeah. and have a positive impact. So would it be fair to say that this is kind of a two-edged sword, that there could also be, through music, uh, aspects of society and social life that could be negatively impacted by music or by other various art forms, poetry, or whatever it may be? Uh, well, th- that's the absolute truth. Um, it it kind of goes back to the... I, I, I shared a comment uh, I read some years ago where a, a guy said he was in the entertainment business. He says, I don't care who writes the songs as long as... I, I don't care who writes the laws as long as I can write the songs. Mm. Um and when we look at, if, if you look at, and I don't know if anybody's done studies on this, but now, later on, I have to go and look this up. But I would not be surprised if, if there is a correlation between like issues of domestic violence or intimate partner violence and the amount of music that is misogynistic mm-hmm. or that depicts violence towards women, um, especially in, in, in communities of, of color. Um, or or theft or murder, right? Uh, if you listen to music that constantly, where you know one black man is talking about killing another, like he's absolute, he means life means nothing at all to him. And you listen to this type of music, you know, over and over and over again. And I know some people feel like it's just entertainment. I've had arguments with people on this, but maybe maybe your constitution is stronger than somebody else's, their, their mental constitution. 
But yeah, I think there's a definite impact on societal values based upon the type of music that we uh, that we give ourselves to. Subconsciously, that's the other. That's the other thing. Subconsciously. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, uh, if you're not being conscious when you listen to music, like there's music that I listen to now, simply because I make it a point to know what the young people that I I work with um, are mm-hmm. listening to. Yeah. Uh, and because if if I don't, then I'm I'm going in blind. Um, but they're not listening on the same with the same intent that I do. So that's one of the things you know my conversation with is to teach them to listen consciously. And after a while, well, you might not want to listen, uh, <laughs> you know, to that. You know. All right. One last question because we're starting to get to the end of the hour. Yeah. Um, just any advice that you would have for poets that want to uh, be involved in something socially conscious or politically conscious because I noticed also I follow poetry a little bit here and there yeah. uh, in America and I felt that poetry in America is usually resigned to being kind of a coffee shop thing right, right. whereas if you go to Latin America or other places in the world poetry is, is very political it's almost overtly political Yeah, it's very charged socially and politically charged we don't really see that in the United States at least not at this time and not for the past you know decade or so mm-hmm. uh, generally speaking um, any advice for people who want to be get involved in poetry or fiction writing or nonfiction writing or any art form and be politically conscious uh, well I think the first part is, is education um, you know it's one thing to talk about uh, your feelings, you know, and your feelings, you know, all of our feelings are valid, right? They're based in something. Uh, but when you're talking about something that you're trying to, you're hoping that resonates with a larger audience, uh, it has to be, it helps when it's, there's an ele- there's a factual element uh, to it. Um, now, advice that I would give, I think, is simply to be, is to be true to your own experience. Um and not, you know, uh, to make a to make a reference to, to hip hop. One of the the things that you don't want to do. One of the pitfalls of, of of hip hop right now is that people are following the same pattern. There's very little artistic. Um, uh, there's there's nothing very unique from one artist to the next. It's about three or four artists I can name right now that all sound alike to me. Yeah. Um, Even so, the tracks actually. Yeah, even the tracks. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah, the production. The yeah, yeah. Production when I hear the cars driving by, it all sounds the same. Yeah. Anyway, so with with the with uh, poets and and writers, I think find what what is the point uh, that you, that you're looking at. Like you know, I had to look through uh, through what I have to so <laughs> I could do something that was appropriate for this venue. Uh, but find something that that speaks the truth and it's uh, in its in its barest sense. Uh, because poetry, that's an opportunity to really be honest uh, and, and go beyond, not, not, not be rude, you know, but to, to be really honest about what you know, what you see, and what direction uh, you're trying to move in. So I say just be honest uh, and be factual whenever possible. You know, that's it. All right. Jazakallah khair. May Allah reward your efforts and give you success in this endeavor. Amen. Amen. So with that, I will morph back into my role, and Tarek will <laughs> morph back into his as the host. Okay. And, uh, thank you so much. All right, Radio Slime family, uh, we thank you for spending this hour with us. 
Uh, as always, uh, stay in contact with us. Um, today's episode will be up as ought to be up on Monday, inshallah, with God's permission. We pray that everybody has a, a great, a great weekend. This has been, uh, this has been a good week. Uh, we're looking forward to a purposeful weekend. Uh, for all of you artists out there, for those who are interested in being considered for a Friday artist profile, send us an email at producer at Radio Islam, producer at Radio Islam, and, uh, and include a link, uh, at least a 30-second link uh, to a performance or uh, share some piece of your work if it's, if it's simply uh, written and, and contact information that we can get back to you. So we look forward to seeing everybody, well, not really seeing you, but hearing you, knowing that you're there uh, this coming Monday. Um, have a, a, a blessed weekend. Our executive producer, I'm going in reverse order. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid, uh, your producer and host. Uh, and then we got a co-host. Yeah, so we had two hosts tonight. So <laughs> myself uh, and Ibrahim Beg, who's also the engineer. Our engineer over at WCEV is Leonard. Leonard, you have been putting in some time, man. Um, it's like, what, three days in a row. So, Leonard, hope you have a great weekend also. And what else are we forgetting? Is there, is there like another announcement we need to make? Opinions? Yeah, yeah. If you have opinions, right? If you've got it. Like our opinions are not soft. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got that all messed up. It's Friday, right? Uh, yes, the opinions, the viewpoints of the uh, of the host, co-host, uh, they are theirs and should not be taken as the uh, position of Sound Vision Inc. Pray that everybody has a blessed weekend once again. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So have a great night, and I leave you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.